Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. This is NYU Grads Daily Podcast recording on Sunday, October 15th. I'll be covering the Friday the 13th session. And man, did it deliver. It was definitely a scary Friday the 13th. Um, So let's jump right into this. Uh, It was a pretty nasty day. Uh, and, And I'll tell you why. So the Dow closed up. 39 points, um, and the NASDAQ closed down 166 points, down 1.23%. Um, when I take a look at breath, 66 new highs. Guess how many new lows? 502. We have 79% of shares trading below the 50-day moving average. And we have 70% trading below its 200-day moving average. We had 34% of shares advancing and 60% of shares declining. But that really doesn't paint the picture, right? It's important to look at all of this stuff. But you also need context. The Dow uh, opened up very hot, very high. And right around 10 o'clock, we sold off pretty hard. The NASDAQ opened up near where we previously closed on Thursday, a little bit higher, and then we sold off at the same time. It was just a really ugly day. Um, when I take a look at uh, what led to the downside, it's not a pretty picture. You had the Magnificent Seven all red. Uh, the only things that held up were Things, uh, shares like in healthcare, UNH, uh, CBS, this consumer defensive like Walmart, Costco, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, Pep Boys, and then you had the energy sector like Exxon, Chevron, those type of names. Uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, so on Friday morning, you had J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, uh, Citi, and... BlackRock all report earnings, and they initially were all positive. Uh, J.P. Morgan, while it closed up 1.5%, it was well off its high for the day. Wells Fargo closed the strongest, up 3% on the day. And um, you had BlackRock. I'll take a look at the chart real quick and see how that closed. It closed down uh, 1.35%. So that's not pretty. Uh, BlackRock printed a doji print, uh, or I guess like a, yeah, it's an indecisive candle at the end of the day. So uh, that's bigger picture for Friday. And um, just things that stuck out to me, I, I saw a post on X that just blew my mind. So Paul Krugman has like four and a half million followers. He's a Nobel laureate, op-ed columnist. Uh, He won the Pulitzer Prize for economics. And he posted, the war on inflation is over. We won at very little cost. And then he proceeds to uh, post a chart that reflects this sentiment. But at the top, It's CPI minus food, minus energy, minus shelter, and minus used cars. Okay, what else 
do we pay for with our paychecks? Shelter, housing, homes? That takes a bulk. The second one, uh, quite honestly, is probably going to be your car. Your car payment. Average car payments are way up than your heating bills, utility bills, and your food at the grocery store. What else is there? I really thought it was a joke, uh, but it wasn't. And this is how math works at the top of the pyramid to keep their boots on our necks. Yeah, yeah, inflation is down if you take everything that I buy out of the uh, data. It's moronic. Um, it just blew my mind. I'll post a screenshot as well as a link to the actual uh, posting on X. It, it blew me away uh, that someone can post something like this and have credibility in the financial uh, sphere of influence. And uh, over the weekend, I walked, obviously, I, I live in New York, uh, downtown by Financial District, and I walked by the Federal Reserve Building of New York. And this building looks like a castle. It looks like a fort. When it was built, uh, the history of this building, when it was built, uh, you know, it, it was built to look like an Italian Renaissance building. Uh, it's all stone. Uh very, it looks very intimidating, right? And apparently, all the gold is in here. Uh, but I wonder if anyone ever works in this building. Uh, I never see people coming in and out, and I see lights on. But the only thing activity I ever see are police, um, security, and the occasional truck for shredding all their paper. So I have no idea. But um, I then want to call this post Empty Castles and Skulls in honor of the federal New York Federal Reserve Building and Paul Krugman. Um, on Friday, I kind of uh, was posting a play-by-play -play, uh, during the day. And in the morning, I had posted, hey, check out the equal weight NASDAQ and S&P ETFs in relation to their 50-day moving average. Don't fall for it. The ticker symbols are QQEW for the NASDAQ and RSP for the S&P 500. And equal weight basically means it smooths out the balance of all of the in, uh, of all the shares that are in that basket. It so it eliminates the skew of the magnificent 7 on them. And if you take a look at some of these charts the S&P 500 equal weight is not even close to the falling 50-day moving average. And if you take a look at the equal weight QQQ, it was at the 50-day moving average, and it was struggling mightily. Then I looked at the breadth volume up and down. Does breadth support the Dow popping early in the morning? Is there any volume to speak of going to the upside or to the downside? And as of that morning on Friday, there was almost no breath volume. So that told me it was pretty much the Magnificent Seven and the banks uh, that reported that were holding up the market again. And I said, don't fall for it. Um, and sure enough, it sold off really hard 
um, right around 10 o'clock, 10.30. Um, and we pretty much bled out the whole day. Uh, we closed uh, basically uh, near the lows on the NASDAQ, S&P, and Russell. Uh, the Dow was being saved basically by uh, healthcare uh, and the financial companies that reported, like J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo. Um, very ugly day. Um, and I think with the backdrop of everything going on in the Middle East, in the Ukraine, Russia, it adds a lot of risk um, going into Q4. You have earnings coming out in, um, in bulk, very soon. You have all of this conflict, so keep watching for oil, energy prices, and just geopolitical risk. Um, if you take a look at last week's one-day performance in sectors uh, energy-led on Friday, and the leading to the downside in the red was technology, so that's not a good sign. When you take a look at the end-of-week performance for sectors. Energy was up 5%, obviously, with the conflict going on. Utilities was second best, up almost 3%. But when you take a look at basic materials, healthcare, financial, consumer, discretionary, defensive names, uh, technology, they were all kind of flat. So um, this is definitely not risk-on, and I think uh, we have a lot of work to do here and a lot of risk. What really stuck out was the VIX. I've been letting you guys know that volatility cannot stay this low this long. And we've been seeing it come up a little bit. But what also stuck out on Friday was the VIX exploded. We closed up 15% on the day. But there was, uh, during the intraday, the volatility index was up over 20%. And you would think that the Dow was down 1,000 points, but it wasn't. Um, so this is going to be a very telling week coming up here. Uh, gold was obviously strong, uh, really flying uh, to safety right now for a lot of folks. Um, yeah, um, I don't know what else to say. Um, when you take a look at the strong uh, sector or strong side of the market, you had things like Kava, uh, which is a summer IPO, Kinross Gold, GDXJ, which is the junior miners. You had oil and USO. Silver was up. Um, Instacart was up 3%. Okay, that's one uh, risk asset that was up. When you take a look at what was down or weak, are you ready for this? Extreme Networks, down 6%. Dash, down 59 Wayfair, down 58 Lyft, down 55 Uber, down 5.3%. Cura Sushi, down 5.13%. Square, or Block, I'm sorry, SQ, was down 5%. Clavio, recent IPO, down 4.5%. Sprout Social, down 3.88%. MDB, MongoDB, tech share name, down 3.75%. Shopify, down 3.3%. Affirm Holdings, down 3.23%. I could go on and on. So that is a summary of Friday the 13th. It was definitely spooky. Um, 
what to watch. You have earnings coming out. You have a ton of economic data as well as Fed heads speaking this uh, week. Watch the Magnificent Seven. Watch oil prices. Watch yields. Watch geopolitical risk and new confrontations that may uh, arise. I believe America, the U.S. has two um, aircraft carriers stationed nearby uh, Israel and Gaza to show support. Uh, there's some uh, risk here that other nations uh, like uh, Iran might get involved if the ground troops go into Gaza um, by Israel's forces. So this can really escalate quickly. I think it's really uh, sad what we're seeing. Uh, I also posted um, the, just uh, probably a few hours ago, I, I was also watching television, just nature, right? Just take my mind off of some of this stuff. And, you know, it was talking about predators and if you take a look at lions, tigers, wolves, uh, bears, bulls, um, gorillas in, in, in nature, if you want to usurp or take over someone else or you have problems or you know, issues with someone else, usually the, you know, the leader uh, or the challenger has to go to the leader and they go square off one-on-one. They don't involve the community or the tribe. It's just one-on-one. And in this case, it just seems that humans are not as sophisticated as some of the basic animals in the kingdom. It's really, really sad. Um, But yeah, uh, with that, I hope uh, you had a great weekend, you had a safe weekend, and if you're impacted at all, by this conflict, I I wish you and your family uh, health and uh, wellness and hope that um, everyone is okay on either side, okay? Because there's no reason for either side for innocent people to be killed. It's really sad. It's really sad. Um, So I'm sorry to close on that somber note, but um, I'll see you guys after the Monday session. All right, have a great day.